With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the experts. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4. I'm your host, Tana Guthrie, and today we're talking about your money and how to keep it safe. We don't like to lose our money. And our expert is Dan Fork with Citizens Bank. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. So there are crooks out there. They want to take your money. They don't want to work hard for it like we do, but they're trying to get it through a lot of scams. And what's the romance scam? That intrigues me. Well, that's typically whenever folks meet somebody online, you know, through these dating sites or various different channels. Um, they meet somebody, they get to talking with them, they talk maybe some on the phone, they message back and forth, uh, and then typically they think that they're in love with this person, and then they take advantage of that relationship by trying to get them to send them money. You know, they may be somebody overseas, for example, and saying they can't come to this country without a certain amount of money. They can't get through customs, or they can't do this, or they can't do that. Some of these are very, very simple, and they're pretty easy to spot. Some of them are, are very complicated, very complex. Uh, one of the most uh, complex ones that we've seen is actually one where there was a guy who uh, stole an identity that looked like it was a developer out in North Carolina. Um, one of our customers had actually met this guy online. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was, looked very successful. Yes. Yeah, it looked like he had tons of money. You could look him up. You could find this really nice house, a very successful company. Uh, but as the relationship kind of blossomed a little bit, you know, he was sending her teddy bears or chocolates or you know, talking on the phone. <laughs> I don't want fall for teddy bears. I don't get that. <laughs> I, I don't know. But chocolates I get. Apparently it worked. <laughs> but, uh, he, you know, he was always telling her he was traveling out overseas for business. Well, so he never had time to see her. Yeah. No, he was always busy, but he was always making plans to come see her. Uh, one day he ha happened to be overseas and he was somewhere where he couldn't get into his bank account. So he actually asked her to set up and, and a transfer for him. So this guy had actually faked two different websites, one for his bank, supposedly, and one for a bank in China. He had her log into his account, transfer like a million dollars to pay some suppliers. And that was all phony. He really yeah. didn't have a million no, dollars. No, no, no. It was, it was all phony. But to her, she thought he was just yeah. letting her have access to his bank account. Thought, oh, well, this guy obviously has some money. So, you know, a few weeks later, same kind of thing happens again. He's overseas. Well, he couldn't get to his bank account. He didn't have any money in it. So he asked her to send him $100,000. Okay. Yeah. No so, red flags on her part? No, no. At this point, she thought, well, I just transferred a million dollars for him a couple weeks ago. Obviously, he has the money. He's good for it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And so she actually had come in even looking to do a mortgage on her house because she didn't have $100,000. So how did you guys persuade her that this was a scam? Um, just by kind of looking up some of this information, a lot of our frontline staff are really good. They're, they're trained to catch this kind of stuff and look for these types of scams and all these things that sound too good to be true. Um, things like that, where you're just going to transfer money to somebody you've never met, is a huge red flag. And much less take out a mortgage on your house. Exactly. And, you know, we see a lot of these where there's just somebody comes in and they, they got an email from somebody, a long-lost relative that they've never even met, and they're now they're going to leave them a bunch of money. So now they want to open up an account so they can give that information to that bad guy. Right. Um, some of these people are so, so destitute that they're just really desperate to get that money. And they, they really think this is going to be true, even though... To anybody else, it's going to sound like, oh, that's way too good to be true. Somebody's not just going to hand us that money. 
So was that woman crushed when she found out her Colorado boyfriend was really a scam artist? Yes, she definitely was. Oh. Um, and They're probably and grateful to Citizens Bank for I, stopping her. Yeah, I'm sure she was, um, especially since it saved her all that money. Um, but we see that a lot, and that is really, that's the hardest aspect of it, is just yeah. dealing with some of those folks that, you know, really think that, they actually think that they're in a relationship and they really care about this person, even though they've never met them. What about the IRS scam? So we see a lot of those, too, especially around tax time, but um, a lot of these target the HR departments and companies. They'll send over and try and steal uh, W-2 information for from the company. They'll ask, pretend to be an executive with a company, and ask the HR person to send over all the W-2 information or changes. Uh, sometimes they even change the like the account that your deposit is going to go into for your paycheck. Whenever they trick uh, customers into going into that, they click on a link, and then they go and they think they're on their payroll site. Right. They've now just given up their password to somebody else. They can now get in, then they can change and reroute where their money's going to. So should you be looking at the email address? or how? Do, I mean, how do you know that it's phony? Well, and I always tell folks not to trust email, period. You should always yeah. treat emails if it's malicious and prove to yourself it's not. And I know that sounds paranoid, but it is so super easy to spoof an email. The bad guys have tons of tools that do this, but I could actually give you a website. No matter how technical you are, you could just go out and you could now be Bill Gates at Microsoft.com and I'm going to send you a million dollars of my fortune. Anybody can do it. It's really that easy to fake an email. And if you're not paying really close attention, these kind of things will get you pretty easily. Now, on the example of getting an email, the first thing you should look at is who it came from and double check that domain name, where it's actually from. Make sure it's spelled right. Make sure that it matches. A lot of times these scammers don't really have access to somebody's real email, and so the name that's there doesn't match the actual address. So that's one of the first signs. Um, grammatic, uh, grammatical and spelling mistakes. Yeah, a lot of those overseas guys cannot spell. Now, English is second, third language for a lot of right. them. So, you know, and, and I'm not saying that every, every American spells things correctly all the time either, but you can typically, when you're reading through these, you can kind of hear it just doesn't sound right to your mm -hmm. ear. Something's a little off with or it. Or if it's too formal. Yes, and a lot of times they'll, you know, dear sir slash madam, right. or they may say, uh, you know, dear Bob when my name's Dan. You know, I mean, very obvious clues if you actually take the time to read it. But you just have to slow down and actually look for things like that. Uh, any kind of a hyperlink inside of an email, any kind of a link that they want you to click on. Never do it. Hover your mouse over it or on a smartphone. You can actually just touch it for a couple seconds and hold it for there so it'll pop up and it will actually show you where it's really going to take you. Now, the, the cool thing about that is you can actually look at that address, and, and it's super easy to see where it's really going to take you, but most folks, they click on that, or they just, they, even if they hover on it, they see this big, long, giant link with all this gibberish, and their brain just kind of shuts down, and you go, ah, I don't know what this really means. But if you actually just look at that very first single forward slash, or the very end of the link, whichever one comes first, then you can actually read backwards and find the two areas there divided by periods that are the domain name. So, for example... We're looking at Amazon.com, right? Mm -hmm. If I send you a link to Amazon.com, your computer's going to take you there. But if I change one little letter in that and change it to Amazon.com with an M instead, now I can send you to a site that I own, and then I can do bad things to you. Either steal your password or try and uh, stick a virus on your computer, malware, uh, ransomware, any of that type of stuff. Now, there's been a problem in the real estate industry with hackers getting into the emails of agents and title companies and then instructing buyers or sellers. Uh, they've changed the wiring instructions, so send it here instead. And that's a black hole. If you do that, you don't get that money back, right? Typically, it's, it's, very, I mean, it's very hard for the banks to track down and try and get that money back. Um, it, the, we've seen that actually a couple weeks ago. We had the exact same type of situation. Somebody went out and they bought a fake domain that had one letter changed. It had two R's in the domain name instead of one. They sent it over to our folks and asked them to transfer money out. 
Um, you know, they, we didn't, at the time, it was a brand new customer, somebody we just started a relationship with, so we didn't really know them that well. But our folks ended up catching that something was different because they, they mentioned a bank that we'd never done any business with mm-hmm. for this particular customer. Uh, that was the first red flag. Then they started looking for some of these other signs as well. But the, the bad guy who sent in the stuff, you know, was trying to convince us to send this over. And we said, well, how much, how much money do you want to transfer over? Oh, just everything I've got, basically. <laughs> he didn't have a clue. No, he had no <laughs> yeah. idea how much was in because he wasn't in our systems. Right. Um, but he was out there where he somewhere was in the middle between that. A lot of times they will get into the title companies or yeah. where they'll see back and forth between a bank and the customer. Now they know that they can contact them. They know exactly what the email is coming from. They know how they sign their emails, everything else. They know who at the bank actually is working with them, so they know exactly who to contact. They get all that information by getting into that one point. So we see that very often as well. So what about passwords? Um, It's so easy to use the same passwords for all your accounts, and that's a mistake, isn't it? That's a huge mistake. Uh, You really should use a password vault, honestly, and use different passwords on everything. The problem is that passwords are terrible. I, I hate them as much as anybody else just because there's not one certain set of criteria that says this is exactly what a password should be and everybody uses it. Some sites are only six characters, some are eight, some are ten, some only allow you to use certain special characters, that sort of thing. Now, the thing is with that, if you use the same password on multiple sites, if the bad guys happen to trick you into getting one or they break into some place where you've logged in and they steal your password, now they can potentially get into all of your accounts including your online banking, your Facebook, your Gmail, whatever it is. They have tools that will just scan and check your email address and password on all these, you know, hundreds of different websites. So what are the worst passwords? Um, just anything that's very simple and very easy for, for the bad guy to guess. So one, two, three, four, five? One, two, three, four, five, or five, six. Um, <laughs> you know, the word password. Um, school mascots even, your kids' names, you know, stuff like that. Anything that anybody could guess about you is a bad thing. Uh, you want it to be something that's long enough for it to be hard for the bad guys to crack. You want it to be complex where it's using the upper and lowercase letters, numbers, some special characters. But you, you also don't want to have to type a book in every time you're logging in. You don't want to have to try and remember something convoluted. So I always recommend that folks use passphrases. Now, these are just, you know, actually making like a sentence, basically. You can even put some grammar in there. You can put some spacing in, potentially, if the site allows it. But this is really super easy to type and so much better for, it's going to be harder for the bad guys to crack something. Like my passwords are typically about 25 characters long. And when I tell folks that, they typically look at me kind of like I'm funny. But the thing is that I can type the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy river a that's whole lot faster. Password, no, right? that's not a password. <laughs> and, and that's not a good example of a password. Right. But but just for, for illustrative purposes, it's so much easier to type that because it's just like I'm typing an email. It's so much easier to type that sentence than it is to do like a capital J, a four, exclamation point, lowercase w, so on and so right. forth. And I'm not going to mess it up. I'm not going to forget it. You know, if I mess up my passwords twice in a day, I'm having a really bad day. So what's with these bad guys? They've got to be pretty smart to hack like this. Why don't they put their evil to good? Some of them do. They're actually uh, different levels of hackers, right? The black hats are the ones that you're kind of worried about. Those are the ones that are doing the bad things. Uh, there's more of a set of hackers that are called white hat hackers. That actually, For real? Yes. White hat? Yeah. Uh, just like the old spy versus spy, right. the white versus yeah. black, right? They uh, actually will try to get into systems for the good of things or to tell people that, hey, there's a problem here, or they do penetration testing. Like, we hire people who come in and actually try to break into our systems every year, and they do the exact same tactics the bad guys do, but they're doing it for us so we can hopefully find them before anybody else does. So you pay them to hack into your own system? Yes. Okay. Now, there's a phrase, uh, have I been pwned? 
What is that? Now, that's actually a website. Uh, there's a guy who created this. Uh, whenever breaches happen and this, then they get publicly disclosed, a lot of times it'll have, well, here's the email address and here's the, pa- the passwords that people used. This guy's compiled all of this onto a website called Have I Been Pwned, which is pwned.com. So haveibeenpwned.com. You can go out and just type in your email address, and then you can see if your email address has been exposed somewhere, maybe in an Adobe breach or I just got stuff today. Pitney Bowes had a hack that they got ransomware, I guess, on some of their machines, those types of things. So once they become public, this guy compiles all that into one big database so you can go out and check and see if you're exposed somewhere. So if you are, what do you do? Well, the first thing you'd want to do is definitely change your password for that oh, account yeah. if you're using that anywhere else, which, again, you shouldn't be. But if you are, go and change those as well. So you want to change that and protect yourself as quickly as you can. You know, I got one the other day. I was online, and all of a sudden something popped up that said, you know, there's a malware coming or some kind of virus, and you've got a minute 30. It was actually clicking the, the timer was on. It says you've got to click here to take care of it now. So I just hit delete. And obviously nothing happened. Yeah, there's always a sense of urgency. I mean, we've had folks that, you know, you're trying to browse a uh, restaurant menu, for example, and then all of a sudden it pops up and says, yeah. um, this is you know Microsoft and you're being attacked by the Russians or the North Koreans or you have a virus on your machine and you need to call us. Well, what they do is they try and get you to call them. Then they want to remote into your computer and they're going to install malware. They're going to install a keystroke logger so they can see everything you type, everything you do. Um, maybe some other stuff as well, but they will charge you, you know, maybe $300 or so to fix a problem you don't even actually have, right? They're going to tell you, oh, well, look at all these files. These are these are signs of this malware that's on your machine. I'm going to delete these, and then we'll just charge you for this, and then you'll be fine. But they're really stealing your information. They're actually stealing yep. your info. A lot of times they'll even have you, what we've seen, they've kind, of, they've kind of switched over to lately has been trying to actually get you to log into your e-bank account. And so then they'll say, well, can you log in there so that we can, you know, make sure you've got enough money to pay us. Or we had one example with a customer that, that it was so bad, they actually had her log in. Then they transferred money from her savings to her checking account. Mm. Then they told her that they, oh, sorry, we overcredited you. So can you now send us that money back in gift cards? Did Which she is, do it? No, no, no. Oh, good. That's when, yeah. she, that's when she realized that, wait a minute, something's wrong. Right. Um, you know, it took a little while, unfortunately. But she did get it, so she didn't actually end up losing any money. But that's, that's the other thing we see a lot of is these guys will try to get you to send them money in gift cards or Apple iTunes cards. They'll say, well, you know, you need to go and buy these cards, scratch off the numbers on the back and read them off to us, and then, you know, that'll pay for your services. Oh, so you services. don't mail it to them, because I wondered how, no. yeah. Okay. No, no, because gift cards are very, very hard to track, and it's very, very difficult to get the money back once that's already gone out and been spent. So many people have the ring doorbells. I mean, with technology has just exploded, where it, it seems like there are cameras everywhere. Are there dangers to those? Yeah, there is. This is uh, this phenomenon is called the Internet of Things, basically, which is just meaning that all these devices that we have in our homes are now connected to the Internet. So, you know, ring doorbells, Nest thermostats, uh, you know, Samsung has a smart fridge, everybody has smart fr- TVs and everything, lights and everything else, right? All of that stuff is connected to the Internet somehow, so you can control it from your phone or over your Wi-Fi or anything that you can get to from outside your house. Potentially, somebody else can get to as well. There's actually a, a site called Shodan that a uh, guy came up with, and what he did was it's, it's kind of like a Google for all these Internet-connected devices, whereas you can go out and Google for Walmart and you can find stores around you. You can go to Shodan and you can find you know wireless routers or you can find home security systems or DVRs, those types of things, nanny cams in people's houses around you or in anywhere in the world. Uh, this guy actually talk, talked with him at a conference uh, last year, and he was talking about how one time he had found a dam over in France that was sitting on the internet completely wide open, no passwords, no nothing to log into it. 
anybody in the world could have got into this dam and opened up the floodgates and sent all this water tumbling down the river. And guess what? There was a village down the river not too far that would have gotten flooded, probably killed or hurt a lot of people, destroyed a lot of property. It took him two months to convince them that this was a bad idea because they were like, well, you know, we, we want this to be on the Internet. We want to access this from home. It's like, well, you don't oh, want it on there without a password. Endanger people like that. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I know that's an extreme example, but I, I use for my awareness trainings things like here, even in Kansas City, where you can find people's home security systems online. And then you can actually log into them with the default password, username, password. How do you find password. them online? Uh, that's what Shodan helps you. You can go out and you can look for like a specific type of device, and it will show you, hey, there's you know 500 of these sitting in Kansas City somewhere. It'll even show you a map exactly where they, where they are. Now, are you saying Shodan? S H O W D A N. Uh, it's actually S H O D A N. S H O D A N. So. And Good guy, bad guy. I'm kind of confused here. Um, this is a good guy. I mean, okay. he's put this out there just so people can see this and so you can track your own company or you can track your own home, make sure that you're protected, um, storing a lot of this information and just trying to get it out there. There are a lot of people in this community that are trying to get that in the security community that are trying to get this information out and educate people so that we can do a better job of protecting these things. Unfortunately, these, these manufacturers are just pushing stuff out as quickly as possible, as cheaply as possible, and security is sometimes an afterthought, if even a thought. Now, I'd heard that there was a casino that was hacked through its fish tank. Yes, yes. They had a fish tank that was on, connected to the Internet, and, you know, that way people could, I guess, watch the fish, you know, remotely. Right. But it was on there, but unfortunately it was on the rest of their network as well. So some folks had found that. They were able to break into that fish tank, and then they were able to break into the casino to actually steal credit cards from the casino, steal all that information as well. Um, we've seen the same thing with, uh, like, a coffee pots. Uh, a coffee meats. pot? Yes. So when you go to get your morning cuppy, coffee, cuppy, uh, cup of coffee, excuse right. me, um, you know, there, there was actually one business that they kept getting ransomware on their Windows PCs, and they couldn't figure out where this was coming from. Their IT staff would come in, they'd replace them, they would, you know, wipe them clean, put a whole new one in, they'd get ransomware again. And what ransomware is is basically in, it's malware that will actually encrypt the files on your machine, on your hard drive. It could actually spread across the network too from machine to machine, but the bad guy tries to... to encrypt all of your files so that you're forced to pay them a ransom to get your files back. Okay. So they ran into this in this, this one particular office, and they couldn't figure out where this was coming from. This went on for several weeks before they finally figured out that the coffee pots had been left on a Wi-Fi network that was unsecured and was actually connected to the rest of the network as well. How do you put a coffee pot on Wi-Fi? What? Because it's remotely <coughs> turning on and off or something? Or? Well, yeah, so you can. So they have a lot of these smart devices anymore. Uh, you can get just about anything. You can actually get a hairbrush that will tell you how if you're brushing your hair correctly, that you can connect to your wireless at home. You can get a scale at home that's connected to Wi-Fi. Being dumb is sounding better going back. <laughs> <laughs> so what about Facebook, the dangers of Facebook? Um, there's definitely a lot, and, and not just Facebook, but any of this, any type of social media, anything that you post online, there's a lot of information out there that, that folks will share about themselves that they don't necessarily think about. Um, like if you're going on vacation somewhere, potentially the fact that you're gone, you're taking all these pictures of you at the beach and everything, if you're posting them in real time, somebody knows you're not at home, right? So there have been people that have broken into houses before steal stuff at that point. Um, all the quizzes that we fell out, you know, that you see on there online, hey, when did you meet your spouse? When did you do this? A lot of those quizzes have the exact same questions that you're going to find in your security answers on a lot of your banking or your email and type okay. of things. So now when you go and fill that out, if you're truthful about that, somebody potentially has your information if somebody's trying to target you. Uh, one of the examples that I did, I actually picked on another bank for our awareness trainings, and I went out and found one of their employees who had shared some stuff about their bank on Facebook, uh, just on social media. They had a really good uh, social media presence. But I found this, this gal that was there and ended up being a branch manager, 
And then I found some folks in their HR department and was able to craft an email that would look like it, it came from HR to this branch manager that would potentially get them to either click on the link or get you to walk in the door. Now, obviously, I didn't send it. I used it for illustrative purposes for our folks, but it took about 15 minutes to gather enough information about these two people that I could have put a plausible email together. You could have done that? Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that do that all the time. It's, it's that targeting what they call spear phishing. Um, one of the biggest things that we're seeing kind of is starting to evolve is this thing called deep fakes uh, that I think will be in the next few years probably a uh, kind of a concern, especially when it comes to things that are out on the Internet. It's, it's very possible now with current technology to actually fake an entire interview. Like and That is scary to think about. Like World War II didn't happen. They could have a whole interview with the presidents all talking, and it didn't happen with a, with a fake video like you're talking yeah. about. And especially with like politics, with political season coming up next year, I know Google has been trying to combat this. Now they're trying to identify and, and hit a lot of these videos because they're already out there. But I think they're just going to get worse. And, and and without certain technology, you just to the naked eye, you can't tell that that was a fake video or that this that President Trump said something or didn't say something, that sort of thing. We have too many conspiracy theories out there, and so people fall for stuff. And it's going to get worse with that type of technology. <laughs> All right, but you are a line of protection with banking. I do like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So how can people contact you or to find out more information about this? Uh, on our bank site, actually, GoCitizens.Bank, um, if you go down to the bottom of the homepage, there's a security center, and it has uh, some links to various identity theft resources in case if you are a victim of identity theft. Uh, or if you run into issues with some things, there's cybersecurity, kind of like the ransomware and the, the romance scams, those sort of things that we talked about today. Uh, that, there's some tips and tricks out there and kind of how you can protect yourself. Uh, there's some other links to some websites that provide a lot of good awareness information as well. GoCitizens.com? Dot bank. Dot bank. GoCitizens.bank. Yep. Great information. Thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Right. Well, thank you very much. Join us next time for another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4. Fox 4.